Alabama football emerged from Bryant-Denny Stadium with a 59-31 victory over the Ole Miss Rebels on last week, getting its second win in Southeastern Conference play. You are locked and loaded onto the new heat. Hottest form, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information. This is In My Own Words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Live in studios, tidying up some loose ends here on this week's edition of shows. And uh, as always, giving a good word to our friends at WhitwillSports.com. You guessed it, the show brought to you by Title Towel. This is the Rally Towel with benefits. For the avid Alabama sports fan, title tile, just $9.99, and it lasts a lifetime. So, people, you got that purpose, that pride and purpose for all things Bama. You love yourself some Nick Saban. You crave yourself some Alabama football. Be sure to show that pride and purpose as you twirl title tile in the air like you just don't care. You go to WhitwillSports.com. That's W H I T. W-I-L-S-P-O-R-T-S. WhitwillSports.com. Get you a couple of those towels today. As we do each and every week, we look at the four things that stood out to me for Alabama football against a certain or a respective opponent. And this week, that would be the Mississippi Rebels. And the number one thing that jumped out to me is I got a chance to sit with Quite a few National Football League scouts in this matchup. Scouts from the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Falcons, the Steelers. There are about 8 to 10 pro scouts at this game. And while people look at Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III as two guys that can be drafted in the first round at wide receiver for the Crimson Tide, is it time that we throw Devonta Smith in there as well? I mean... Would we be far-fetched to put Smitty in the first round also because he had guys in the press box mesmerized over the weekend? I mean, 11 catches, 274 yards, five touchdowns, a career day. His outputs in yards and scores, we're talking about single-game record stuff for the Crimson Tide. And Tua Tagovailoa, has a way of vibing with all three of these receivers, well, four, including Jalen Waddle. But if we pull Waddle out of the equation for just a moment here, he has a way of just vibing on a different wavelength with Judy, Ruggs, and Smith. And it's it's incredible. I mean, A.J. McCarron had a vibe with Kevin Norwood. It's like they, they could speak the same language. With Tua Tagovailoa, it's different because he has a feel for Jerry Judy. He's got a feel for for Henry Ruggs. He's got a feel for Devontae Smith. And uh, at any given moment, either one of these guys, if not two or all three of them, can go off in a game. I mean, this is the reason why they play rock, paper, scissors to see who gets the touchdown route. And today, second and 26, hello, does it again. And Smitty, the hops... The hands, the athleticism, the route running, just he's a guy that even though he's not a featured wide receiver, he's not a number one guy, just finds ways to make big plays. And at this point, Alabama fans, you could potentially be looking at not just 
three Alabama wide receivers going in the first round, but the three wideouts for the Tide, they could all be the first three guys taken just at that position back to back to back. I mean, at this point, I'm looking at Jerry Judy being the number three overall pick on my board, Henry Ruggs being the number eight overall pick, and Devonta Smith, I'm probably going to slide him as the number 19 overall pick the way it's looking right now, especially with the way that young man played. So, Smitty, number one thing that stood out to me, just Tua Tagovailoa has a way of vibing with all of these guys, and Smitty caught the biggest portion of that vibe over the weekend. So that's number one. But number two thing that jumped off out to me in this matchup is the Alabama run game. Offensive line, Deontay Cornbread Brown back in action. Also, Kendall Randolph, who's made the move from offensive lineman to tight end. You saw a consistent push in the run game. Now, it wasn't like the New Mexico State game where you had you know, all the explosive runs, but there was a consistent four yards here. Five yards here, six yards there. Alabama able to push the pile, create some running lanes, create some opportunities. And when you look at the likes of Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, both averaged over five yards a carry. Najee Harris, 7.9. Brian Robinson, over, Brian Robinson right at six yards per carry. The two combined rushing 131 yards from the ground. Najee Harris, 71 yards rushing up nine carries. Brian Robinson, 60 yards rushing on 10 attempts. Neither of the two lost a yard in the football game. That's incredible. And that's due to the offensive line. Things are starting to fall into place. Now, this group also did a solid job pass protecting for the most part. Tua only sacked twice and had over 400 yards passing. 418 to be exact, but the run game, Cornbread Brown and Kendall Randolph getting it done there as far as creating opportunities there. But number three thing that jumped out to me, I will go with special teams for the Crimson Tide. Now, negating, if you look aside from a missed field goal from Joseph Belovis and a muffed punt by Jalen Waddle. Of course, he was able to bounce back and have some good returns. Special teams did some good things. Going back to Waddle there, he had a couple of punt returns. He almost broke for touchdowns. Got to secure the ball, but broke a couple of those back for big runs. And then when you have Alakejo, who did a fantastic job, he blocked the punt and recovered it in the end zone for a touchdown. Some shades there of Minka Fitzpatrick from 2015 against Georgia, where he took the ball right off of Colin Barber's foot in the rain and scored on that attempt. Now, what was crazy was Tyrell Shavers was supposed to recover this ball for the end zone in the end zone, but the ball slips out of Shavers' hands and falls right in the lap of Alakejo. So you had... After the muffed punt, some better returns for Jalen Waddle. A non-offensive touchdown via special teams by Alakejo. And Alabama's kickoff team got down there, covered balls well, made some big-time tackles. So aside from a few, maybe one or two hiccups, special teams looked pretty good in terms of the coverage, the touchdown by Alakejo and Jalen Waddle 
you know, redeeming himself from the muff pump, probably a little bit of the sun got in his eye there. But that was number three. Last but not least, the fourth thing that stood out to me, here we go. I'm seeing a lot of these fire Pete Golding chants going around social media right now. People calm down. I understand for a lot of you, you grew up, and I'm talking about the diehard Bama fans. I'm talking about the ones that if I were to cut your blood, cut your skin open right now, your blood would spell Alabama football. That's what I'm talking about, the diehard fans here. Not the ones that just came in when Saban came in, but the ones where, you know, you've been rolling with this team since Paul Bear Bryant. Uh, for, for some of you also, Gene Stallings. For those of you that remember the Wallace Wades and Frank Thomas, you guys as well. For, for you guys, if you were to have this offense right now with Tua Tagovailoa and the defense you have now versus maybe having somebody like a Jake Barker at quarterback but an utter worldly defense, y'all would probably take the latter because – you know, Bama fans don't like offense for real, for real. They want rough them up, knock them up, kill them. If you look like you going to move, I'm going to eat you up. Y'all want that type of defense and a run game. Y'all can care less about what the quarterback's doing, what the receivers are doing. No, give me a defense that will take that offense down to the gutter and a run game. That's all I want. But, unfortunately... That's not the era of college football that we live in anymore. And uh, you guys are disappointed by it. I have moments where I'm disappointed by it. But just because I may not like it, just because I may be disappointed, does not mean it changes because this is the era of college football that we're in. It's about offense, scoring points, scoring points, scoring points, moving the ball, being effective, being efficient, finding ways to just aggravate, stretch, and make a defense pop in. That's what's going on right now. And uh, in the same way Paul Bear Bryant had to adjust to the changes that went on in his era, Nick Saban has to adjust to what's going on right now in order to stay afloat, in order to stay on top and on the cutting edge in terms of of college football. I mean, gone are the days where it's three yards in the cloud of dust. Gone are the days to where it's nine to six for 2011 matchup between Alabama and LSU. Things have changed. Recruiting has changed. A lot has changed. And uh, nowadays, a shutout for a defense is holding the team between uh, 14 and 20 points and if you look at the matchup against Ole Miss if you negate the Jalen Waddle muffed punt that Ole Miss scored on and a late garbage touchdown by the Rebels the final score is let's see here 59 to 17 that's the final score 59 to 17 versus the 59 to 31 so I mean and then also let's also keep in mind here Pete Golding entered this season without two of his leaders, two of his veterans. You don't have Dylan Moses, the guy that has all the experience in the world playing inside linebacker. And then you don't have Joshua McMillan, a guy that knows his defense backwards, forward, sideways, every dot, every period, every comma, everything that consists of this complexity that Nick Saban runs. McMillan knows it. And... He's not out there. 
So you don't have McMillan, you don't have Dylan Moses, and then three weeks into the season, boom, LeBron Ray goes down. So three of your veterans to make up this defense for Pete Golding, you don't have. And you're playing true freshmen. I don't care how they're four stars and five stars. These are 18-year-old babies. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have issues. They're going to have tough moments because they have to grow into this thing. Got to grow into it. And for the most part, the game is starting to slow down for a lot of them. It's just this is a new era. This is a new time in college football. New time. New time. New era. And on top of that, John Rice Plumley, you have no film on this kid. This kid runs a legit 4-4, and over 90% of Ole Miss's offense was John Kitts the fan, Plumley pull the ball down, and just run with it. That was 90% of Ole Miss's offense right there. Stuff hits the fan, Plumley pull the ball down, do your best Johnny Menzel impersonation, and we'll just roll with it. That's what happened. Not a lot of deep shots, not a lot of stretching the field. And I mentioned this in a previous podcast. This is what Rich Rod does. He is going to test the perimeter. He is going to test the initial quickness, the lateral quickness, the attention to detail, the discipline. He was going to test a lot where his Alabama defense is concerned. And uh, for the Crimson Tide, the biggest thing moving forward is being able to have that back line pursuit against the run. Got to be able to stop the run because the Rebels did rack up 279 yards rushing with 109 of those and a touchdown coming from John Rice Plumley. So you got to stop the run. That's the biggest thing. But all of this, you know, fire Pete Golding, fire Pete Golding, it's pretty much uncalled for just seeing how, I mean, uh, new day and age in college football people. You take away... A muffed punt that Ole Miss scored off of and a late garbage touchdown. The final score is 59 to 17. So there you go. Todd, for the most part, got to be able to have the backside pursuit and stop in the run, spying the quarterback, let's say mobile quarterback, and also got the bye week, which comes in at a perfect time. You get some guys back healthy. So, man. Right through this again, things that stood out to me in this matchup, Smitty, number one, brother looks like a first-round pick, played an outstanding football game. Number two, run game for Alabama, Cornbread Brown, Kendall Randolph, this, that, that, that group run game starting to get going now. But number three thing, special teams, aside from some hiccups here and there, thought the special teams looked pretty good. Number four thing that stood out to me, Alabama, defensively, got to get some guys healthy. You got to stop the run. But it's not the end of the world for the Bama defense. This group is not just putrid. You got young guys, got to grow them. New, different age in college football. You don't like it, but it's a new, different age in college football. And Alabama still getting some adjustments made there. Well, folks, that's going to do it here. For In My Own Words, the podcast, hottest show in the streets here, news, notes, and information. You can download 
the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Get acquainted with that right now. Just stay even know. You download that on your iPhone apps, on your iPhone, be the iPhone app store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store, you got the Android phone, podcast options list at the bottom of the screen here. Check those out. You also subscribe to TDAlabamaMag.com and Touchdown Alabama Magazine on YouTube. Get with the site, folks. Over 1 million video views and over 5,000 subscribers strong. Thanks to you, the fans. When we return for next week's edition of shows, we're going to continue the conversation of the draft projections. We're going to dive back into that because I've been able to update my board here some, so we'll touch back in on that. But for all of us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine, I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. This has been, in my own words, 